I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to another edition of Life Behind Bars. I'm your host, Noah Rothbaum, the Daily Beast Half Full Editor. Joining me as always is my colleague, David Weintrich. Howdy, and happy 2018. Happy 2018 to you. This is a show perfectly suited for uh, today, early January. show all about New Year's resolutions. Uh, I know you are not a fan of, of resolutions generally. I have extremely weak willpower. so uh, And I tend to follow whatever is shiny. So resolutions usually last me anywhere between... Uh, six to nine hours before I somehow managed to break them. So I assume you did not make any this year. No, but I'm going to give it a try. All right. I'll all try right. to come up with some. Well, that that's why we're here. It's sort yeah. of a intervention podcast episode where, you know, we're trying to come up with it's podcast collab- therapy. Exactly. Yeah. Collaboratively, we're trying to come up with resolutions that not only can we keep, but I think would actually maybe be good for the general drinking public. I like the idea. Now, have you made some resolutions? Nothing in particular, like how to work out more, you know, mm-hmm. maybe, you know, be healthier, uh, you know, nothing, nothing so specific. I mean, usually I'll try like, I'm not going to waste so much time this year. And then I end up wasting just as much time every year. Right. I've done the dry Januaries in the past right. and those were uh, interesting. And uh, unfortunately I can't do it this year because I've got some business travel, which yeah. involves a lot of partying and drinking and all that kind of stuff. Sure. And uh, a hazard of our uh, profession, of, of the job, exactly. When I say business travel, everyone laughs, but uh, <laughs> uh, but we should all be so fortunate to have that kind of business job. Yeah, exactly. That's the fun part of the job. The other part is sitting there chained to the computer, uh, ankle and wrist uh, in your bunny slippers, trying desperately to make your deadline. But right, uh, squinting at microfiche. Yeah, and, you know. exactly. All that stuff. But we don't talk about that stuff because it's much less fun. You know, when we think about resolutions for, you know, drinking in bars, mm-hmm. I, mean, I think there are ones that we can certainly make. And, oh, yeah. You know, I, I think there's always ways, you know, where we can always get better in terms of, you know, the drinks that we're making at home or in bars or, you know, the, just the whole culture of, of cocktails and spirits. Well, I mean, as a as a writer and somebody who covers cocktails and spirits, and I've been doing it for at this point, it's getting to be almost a really long time. Yeah. I have one general resolution, and I'm going to try to keep it. You do something for a long time, and you've seen everything. You know, you've seen all the variations. They might come in slightly new dress, if but not once, then twice. Sometimes. Exactly, and and it's like, oh, you're doing that again. Right. Uh, that's kind of old. <laughs> we tried that. It didn't yeah. Show you and meanwhile, you know, the people who are trying it now are they're young, they're enthusiastic, right. etc. And I always end up, you know, kind of rolling my eyes and treating them like they're infants when I shouldn't do that. And I'm trying not to do that. I'm going to try not to do that. I'm going to try to be just a little more understanding and a little more tolerant. And I think sometimes some of these things take, it takes a few times for them to to be for, to be perfected or to catch on kind of that. They're not always easy to master in the first go around. So, you know, we've seen that sometimes with some of these, 
you know, either cocktail, you know, types of cocktails mm-hmm. or types of bars where, you know, it takes a few tries and maybe some time and new perspective and maybe somebody who didn't see it the first time around to, to be bold enough to, to try it again. Oh, that's absolutely true. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, somebody manages to thread the needle and it's like, wow, that <laughs> is a way of doing this that right. uh, is actually new. I mean, some of the things that have, you know, that, that tend to peeve me are uh, people reviving crappy drinks of the 1970s. And, uh, you know, I, I hated those drinks back then, and I'm not going to like them now, right. even if you switch out all the ingredients. And uh, in which case, it's not the drink. You're just right. surfing on nostalgia with the title. I, I'm going to try to, like, let that go over my head a little bit this year. That's that's my right. re- resolution. I'm not going to snap at them quite right. so much. I was going to say, we're, we're borderline breaking our first resolution. Yeah, already. no, we've already we're, broken we're already, it. <laughs> we're, already, we're already 30 seconds in, yeah. um, but uh, into this new year, a new perspective. But but I, I hear you, and I think sometimes it's easy, you know, um, all this stuff is so cyclical, you know, yeah. and, and they come around, and I mean, that's what's sort of fun about it is that things mutate and change, and, you know, uh, stuff comes here and then it goes back to Europe and then it comes back here. I mean, you've written about that, you know, obviously quite a bit for us. And Absolutely. I think that, you know, a lot of the Italian cocktails are an interesting example of that. Yeah, they they started as an American idea. They went to Italy, then right. they kicked all around. Now, yeah. you know, they're back here and uh, yeah. and now our versions are going back to Italy and you go to Italy and some bars are suddenly doing complicated uh, progressive takes on the Aperol spritz, which they wouldn't have dreamed of doing right. five years ago, because the whole point is it's a simple drink that Absolutely. you know that everybody has the same. I think one of my resolutions. I mean, talking about Italy, uh, my wife and I. I mean, not to date myself, but probably almost ten years ago, we went to Rome, which is one of my favorite cities in the world. And I didn't, I didn't want to do anything. I just wanted to wander around. You yeah, know, just. Wherever, you know, wherever the day took us. What's wrong with know, that? No, it was the best. Yeah. We had, you know, a few things lined up, you know. Mm-hmm. I want to do a tour of the forum, you know. And then, um, you know, we stayed in one hotel in the Borghese Gardens, like above uh, near the villa, and then in the Hassler for like a night or two. Oh, was, how very nice, yeah. Which was lovely. And, and, and part of that experience, obviously, is going downstairs to the bar. You know, it's obviously at the top of the Spanish Steps. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, what a more historic and romantic spot and you know you go in and it's this wood panel bar that goes back oh yeah the, i mean there's something about a great european hotel bar oh, that absolutely. that is just like sucker bait for me oh, you know oh, for sure i mean it's built for us i like I mean, my, my foot starts twitching it's like where's the rail you it's know? like a magnet pulling you <laughs> yeah from the, oh my god from the airport. i cannot i cannot walk by those things but you know you sit down you know obviously you know the menu wasn't huge you know mm-hmm. it's a lot of you know traditional cocktails a lot of aperitivos for this resolution anyway, what we could learn from is also they sit down really nice bar snack, right? Yes. And I think a resolution, I mean, this may sound a little silly, but the sort of return of bar snack, right? Like, you know, that was a real tradition in America. You know, in Italy, it still is. And I hear that people are making trends these days out of aperitivo bars, but yeah. I don't see people doing that part of it, right. which is one of the most fun parts, Right. is you sit at a table, like you said, and they always bring you a dish of olives and a dish of potato chips. Right. And, you know, potato chips sounds real simple. Right. But who doesn't like a potato chip? 
maybe it's a feel of being almost like a you know a grandparents you yeah. know house or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you feel very you know suddenly mm-hmm. this you feel very welcome and and you've got a little salty nibble in between your sips, you know, and it's it's, it's not sort of bad great. to put something in your in your yeah. stomach in between yeah. drinks. So yeah. you know, look, I'd be happy to pay for some of these things. You know, what I mean, it doesn't mm-hmm. always have to be free. But I'd rather see it built into the cost of the right. drink sure. so that I I don't have the option. I'd rather exactly. have the snacks just exactly. Come. The more PDT in New York, you know, Jimmy Hand, you know, sort of the proto-modern speakeasy. Yeah. I mean, obviously there's a lot to like there, but really one of my favorite parts is that you're getting a world-class drink and you can pair it with a delicious tater tot and cheese sauce from Crift Dogs next yeah. door. And, and like, you can get a hot dog right, if you you're get, I was going to say, oh yeah, yeah, I mean, come on. Like they make a delicious one, the Hummer, which is, it's, yeah. a, it's a vegetarian one even. Yeah. I mean, it's delicious. You'd never even know. And the beauty of that is that hot dogs, the tater tots, the waffle fries come right through a hole mm-hmm. connecting the two establishments. Really, what could be better? You're sitting there in a booth, cozy booth with friends, you know, loved ones, drinking delicious drinks, fine spirits, and eating tater tots and hot dogs. You know, it's a beautiful thing. Because it's so simple, you're more likely to order it. Right. And, you know, the best food is the food you've got in front of you. Yeah. And it doesn't need to be complicated. No. It just needs to be done well, which that is. And if you really want fancy stuff, they also have all types of gourmet hot dogs, you know, yeah. that David Chang or Wiley Dufresne. Or Which is fine or. also, but, right, but but you can just get a plain one. Just get a plain one. Yeah. That's fine. I'm not sure, like, if, you know, in the recesses of Jim's mind, you know, tapping mm-hmm. into his Midwestern roots, he kind of knew that there was something about kind of idea of hospitality. When somebody's at your house, at your bar, you want to give them drink, but also something to eat, too. I mean, yeah. that's, you know, feeding them is, is, is essential. I mean, this kind of taps into another one of my resolutions. You know, it's been a, a rough year and a few months in America, and there's been a lot of uh, I think that a up. lot of people yep. kind of angry with yep. each other very much. And, you know, I, I live here in New York, and that's, you know, some people will uh, call me a liberal libtard snowflake living in a bubble. You know, I get that on Twitter sometimes and social media. But uh, on the other hand, you know, one of my resolutions is to just keep going to the American heartland. You know, yeah. the, I, I really have always enjoyed my time in the Midwest and uh, the Central Mountain West, et cetera. I don't, I don't care who they voted for in yeah. some of these places. I just really like to go and visit. Yeah. And I like the people uh, on the ground are invariably nicer than they are on social media, you know, and uh, people can get along in person. I think that's a rule in general yeah. about everything. Yeah. And so one of my resolutions is to keep that up. I always try to go to as many uh, American cities as I can. You know, last year I was in uh, Milwaukee, for instance, which which I which I, I love. And, uh, you know, I try to get out when possible into the into the the, the smaller towns around. Many of these cities are, are just full of interesting people and, and lively culture and local food and local bars, old bars, new bars. And I think that also informs, you know, about what you write. I mean, yeah. you, you did a great column right before Christmas or Christmas Eve on, uh, I'm, I'm afraid to even pronounce it. I think I'm pronouncing it wrong, but the like traditional oh Kripnikas. exactly yeah and and it's and it's more i guess more famous if if it, it, at least in pennsylvania uh boilio Bo- boilo boilo <laughs> yeah this is a day of interesting named drinks um yeah. but 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 those types of things where i think a lot of that stuff you know we get a lot of news and stories about what's happening in new york san francisco la right. miami whatever but there's fascinating stories, you know, from places oh, hell like yeah. Pennsylvania yeah. and, and yeah. you know the you know all of these towns wherever it is and and traditional 
drinks and cocktail recipes and lore. And I think that's in some ways maybe the next trend to sort of tap some of these, you know, areas. I think people are doing culture. that. Yeah. And I, I, I'm, I'm all for that. You know, it's, it's, I'm all for, I mean, a lot of those are ethnic traditions from immigrant groups and uh, others, you know, some of the, some of the drinks I'm not too thrilled with. I do not love a Colorado bulldog. I'll tell you what, that what much. Is that? What is that? Okay. I'm that's uh, Coca-Cola, uh, vodka, cream, and uh, Kahlua on the rocks. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So it's a white Russian with, 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 Coca-Cola. with Coca-Cola in it. It's, it's not. I'm just going to say, maybe this is me being a liberal snob, but I would probably put Dr. Pepper in, not. Uh, Ooh. Clever, <laughs> Mr. Pitt. Yeah, oh, I mixology. Know. Now. I don't know. I just, uh, you're, <laughs> yeah. you've, you've you've abandoned. You've washed your hands. Of, yeah, uh, no, that kind of drink in general, I'm not. I'm not hugely, you know, hugely amused with. But uh, I, I, I don't drink. I don't drink that kind of thing. I'm just at glad home it either. doesn't have Rocky Mountain oysters in it. That's what I thought you were going to say. Uh, oh no, that would be uh, that would that would be quite a drink. <laughs> there are other drinks like that that I'm not thrilled with. But on the other hand, you know what? If I knew, like, the next yeah. time I'm in Colorado, I'm definitely going to yeah. find that. Drink. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's like you know, I don't, I don't really like Malort to be honest. No, you know, um, which traditional Chicago, very, very bitter. Yeah, but in the kind of Jägermeister for that Branca, but with no sugar at all. <laughs> way less palatable. I yeah. mean, if you thought Jäger Fernet, you know, was hard yeah. to keep down. You should definitely not try Malort. Um, anyway, you know, that Malort face where people yeah. just, it's, you know. Uh, it's a, of, a cross between horror, disgust, and shock, I think. Puckering of your whole head, not yeah, just your lips. Yeah. But you know and what? a little bit of your soul, too. Little, <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Every time I'm in Chicago, like, yeah. I got to have a little bit. I mean, I'm not, you know, yeah, order I mean, a shot. I'm not going to take down the whole shot, certainly, but... Uh, a little bit. Yeah, that, I mean, if, if if I'm with somebody who's who who says shots of Malort, am I going to drink shots of Malort? Yes, right. I am. The whole shot. Yeah, I'll I'll drink the whole shot all I'm, at once. I'm hurting already. Right yeah, now. no, it's it's it's. Maybe rough. you're right. Maybe the whole shot would be better than a little bit. Well, at least you get the alcohol to numb you. <laughs> but I mean, in general, like drinks like that, am I going to drink them at home and here in New York? No. But I would I would say that that in some ways is a resolution for me. Is yeah. that Like wherever you are, I mean. I, and whatever the local thing is, like, I want to try it. Yeah. Like, I mean, I think yeah. that's a good resolution for all of us instead of when you travel, you know, sticking to the familiar drink or food, like, try the local stuff. Try like, the local stuff. Try, try, you know, I mean, as you know, it's kind of funny because in a lot of these towns there are now very, very good cocktail bars yeah. making very good craft yeah. drinks. But in some ways, you know, I, I want to go there, but I also want to go to the place that's going to, you know, serve me you know, a Miller High Life and a shot of Malort on the well, side. Yeah, I always try to go to the bars that are the old uh, kind of yeah. classic bars yeah. in whatever town I'm in. You know, one of the things that I do is uh, I always try to find out the oldest bar in town and go there. You know, whatever it is, it doesn't matter if it's been ruined. It doesn't matter if it's, yeah. but it's still, it's the oldest yeah. bar in town. You know, yeah. go see what they're doing there. Yeah. And then, you know, you can go to the hipster places. I mean, oh, really yeah. a surprising range of establishments. Oh, uh, yeah. From oh, yeah. super fancy, to, you know, super dive bars to, uh, I mean, while we're in Colorado, I, have you ever been to the Buckhorn Exchange? In oh, hell yeah. Yeah. I mean, that place is amazing. It's And, you know, I ate a plate of Rocky Mountain oysters, too. Which, and, would I eat that normally? Right, no. Sure. I mean, I remember <laughs> going um, and, uh, you know, having drinks with my friend Rob Dietrich from uh, Granahan's Masters, still yeah, yeah. Max Wattman, some other folks. And, uh, you know, walk in, they're like, oh, your party's uh, behind the grizzly bear upstairs. They're like, 
What? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'll look. And sure enough, there's. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Giant grizzly bear. There's a grizzly bear. And the table is right behind. Yeah. You know, it's... And the bar goes back, you know, it's it's well over 100 years. I think it's the first license for to serve alcohol yeah. in the state of Colorado or Denver. So it definitely goes back. I mean, there's that, that's always always worthwhile. Well, I you know? did not expect that. You know, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I expected more of, you know, I don't know, like a Keens or, a, you know. A yeah, more clubby. Clubby or. I, I mean, the place is full of Western memorabilia. There's guns all over the damn place. <laughs> uh, there is, there are, there's game. At, but it, but it's, it's kind of like low key and extremely right. pleasant. It's not for millionaires. That is kind of a fun thing to do in every town. And, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes, you know, especially what you and I do, we find ourselves with a free afternoon in a random place sometimes. And yeah. That's kind of a great way to spend the afternoon. Whenever you're in a different town, different city, it's always interesting to you know, put a couple of hours instead of crashing in the hotel. I always try to challenge myself to find something. Yeah. Go museum, out. Go take a walk. Store or you something. Know? Yeah. yeah. Concert, park, anything to uh, kind of. And that's where you really get a sense of the town and, and, and what the people are like. When I'm abroad in, in Europe in particular, my favorite thing to do is just find a cafe on a square and go sit and yeah. watch watch people go by for a yeah. while. Just see who who's, who lives here. Yeah. Who are these people? Just observe, you know. I spent almost a week doing that in uh, Prague. It was great. It was oh, just, yeah. You just go from cafe to cafe yeah. and just sit there with a book which yeah. you may or may not read and just think and sip yeah. coffee and get a very, very strong buzz on and, uh, you know, just have, mm-hmm. a, have a great afternoon. That is a good resolution, I think, for people, and one that certainly is easy to uh, to keep. Another one that I've got is when this whole cocktail revolution started, I used to make a lot of things, you know, yeah, and, sure. and try to do complicated drinks and make them all, and I've kind of gotten lazy, right. and I want to make more things again. Going back. Yeah, I'd be a little less lazy about things. And uh, Are you announcing here on our podcast the launch of? Dr. Weingrich's bitters and uh, bitters and beard oil. Yes, vapors and Epsom yeah, salts. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's both smelling salts and useful for rimming a glass. Right, exactly. <laughs> I mean, hey, you never put know. me down for a case. Yeah, I'll buy it. I'll, yeah, I'll buy the first bottle. But I used to uh, like do things like buy Szechuan peppercorns, uh, soak it in vodka, and then run it through a pot still, a little mini pot still. Yeah, what came out? A really banging Szechuan peppercorn liqueur that uh, actually made your lips numb. Wow. Because it turns out the uh, essential active factor in Szechuan peppercorns, which make your mouth tingle and kind of like pop rocks, the active thing goes through the still. Huh. So at least it did in my little yeah, pot still. Right. And I was very surprised. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, you know, things like that. I, I, I'd like to do more experiments this year than, yeah. than last year. That's a good one, too. Yeah. Uh, just be a little more... DIY. Yeah. Well, I think also professionally for us is maybe looking further afield. You know, yeah. like we've we've definitely tapped like all the cocktail books. 
I think it was Wayne Curtis who wrote this in, in one of his stories about sort of chasing some of these lost um, cocktail and spirits books that are still out there, like yeah. the White Whales. Yeah, there are very few, but there are a few. And, you know, obviously Gary Thomas's second book. If anybody has one out there, please let us know. Uh, yeah, send me, send me a, uh, you, can, you can DM me on Twitter. Send, <laughs> send Dave a 911 on his page, yeah, please. Yeah, um, please. Uh, you know, but he also said that, you know, a lot of it will come from other types of, you know, the new discoveries will come from other types of books, whether it's oh, old yeah. travel books, old food books, cookbooks, whatever it is. And I think, you know, to be honest, I mean, that's some of the best stories that I've written or, you know, enjoyed, you know, researching, you know, involve stuff from, you know, outside the traditional canon. That... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, my my library is full of cocktail books, but. I have way more travel books than I yeah. have cocktail books. You're the prime example, I think, of, of the benefits of reading outside the canon. I don't think you could write half the stories you do. Well, what, one I did uh, last year was on Batavia Arak, yeah. which was, uh, you know, this spirit from Indonesia via Holland and and uh, that goes back to the uh, the early 1600s. And the research for that was reading all the all the accounts of Dutch travelers and in in Indonesia in in the 1600s and English travelers and all that kind of stuff because there's nothing else you right. know there's no there's no big book of Batavia Arak right, no no <laughs> there's there's no there's no I sources yeah. so uh, I I mean that that's always a a good year round resolution yeah. is just keep your neck swiveling, you know? Yeah. Look as far afield as you can for sources. You'd be surprised where you find things. Yeah, it's true. In the least expected places when mm-hmm. you're, you know, you're at a museum, you're somewhere else and you find something and pieces connect and suddenly you have that eureka moment for a, for a story or an epiphany. Well, I was just uh, researching uh, something about Dutch gin, about Geneva, and I found the greatest uh, rundown of traditional Geneva production, not in a Dutch book. It was in the testimony before the uh, British Royal Commission on spirits and uh, on whiskey and other potable spirits uh, taken in 1908 and 1909. And they had Herman Janssen, head of the uh, Skidam Distillers uh, Guild, testify about how they made their gin in Holland in great detail. What that was doing in a whiskey book, you know. Who knows? Who yeah. knows? But it was there, and and so that kind of thing is yeah uh, is always very useful. Is uh, look far afield. I mean, we touched on it a little bit before, but I think embracing hospitality. I mean, it sounds sort of ridiculous, but sometimes we get so focused on perfecting the perfect yeah. drink, and I think some restaurants do for food as well. Where we sort of forget that it's the whole thing is is hospitality. You know, what I mean, it's not actually just what's in the glass or on the plate, but the whole experience and. You know, some of my favorite restaurants or bars, I mean, the drinks maybe aren't the best in the world or the food isn't world class, but I enjoy it. Yeah. Those are the places that you keep going back to. If I were uh, working a regular bar gig, one of my resolutions this year would be to learn more jokes. Right. You know? <laughs> well, right. I mean, what was the yeah. last time that a bartender told you a joke? Uh, uh, the other day. All right. Because it was right, Del Pedro. I, right. I'm not going to repeat it right. here because right. it's a little sure. smutty. Sure. Uh, but it's it's damned amusing. And, to be uh, fair, I mean, I think, you know, Del is sort of old school doesn't even classify what his, his style yeah, no, of bartending he's, is. I mean, he's, uh, he's, he's, he's a, a real, real bartender. Yeah. He's a bartender's bartender. Yeah. You know, he attends bar. And a real throwback and yeah. kind of you know, making sure that everybody is happy and mm-hmm. or at least satisfied. and. 
And, you know, he's a fun and amusing character, lively, smart. But that liveliness is what I like to see. I hate to see uh, young bartenders standing on their dignity. You know, they're too young to have dignity. They should have life. (laughs) You know, get the dignity later. You know, don't worry about it now. Yeah, we're driving each other crazy to make the perfect drinks. You yeah. Know? And it's, yeah. It's so counter to, you know, what a bar mm-hmm. should be, where it should be fun. I mean, you should you should know how to mix things properly. Absolutely. You know, you should be a master of your technique, but don't let the technique define you. That's a hard lesson to learn. I think it comes with, you know, maturity and a, yeah. certain, and a, a certain level of comfort. And, and hopefully, you know, now that we're in our... Just the third decade mm-hmm. of the the rebirth of the cocktail. Right. I mean, the, there's some kind of like PhD uh, terminology here. The third wave. Um, <laughs> hopefully, you know, some of these bartenders, you know, have have put in enough years where they kind of have. Oh, there are many who are kind of getting out into the more the the the. I can relax now. And, exactly. And I'm I, confident that my drinks are world yeah, class. And I don't have I to worry I'm, about this. Yeah, and I don't need to blow I, you away. With, you know, I think of when, I, when in my early 20s, I was, a, I was a rock and roll musician. And I think back then, and the best musicians I know never were never stars. You know, they were technicians. They were really good musicians. But the people who became stars were the ones who were good enough musicians but on top of that, they had charisma and personality yeah. and, you know, could, could make a connection with people. You know, they weren't yeah. maybe the best bass player yeah. and they couldn't, uh, you know, throw down in every key and, uh, and you know, r- run their fingers up and down the fretboard at right, right lightning speed, you know, popping notes off like machine gun fire. But they could they could they could hold a beat yeah. and, you know, come up with a catchy line and at the same time make a connection with the audience standing in front of them. And that's uh, always worth remembering is it's really I mean, skill is one thing and skill is important, but it's also you need that connection. It's an interesting thing. In, in uh, September, uh, I got to go down to uh, the Bourbon Beyond Festival in Louisville and there's a whole slate of, of top musicians. And um, I was talking to Amos Lee, the musician, mostly about his love for gin and St. Mm-hmm. George gin in particular, which, you know, okay. respect. Um, and but we started talking about, you know, him and like you know his career and right and part of it was he's become more successful once he sort of realized that he needed to bring like kind of a certain type of energy to the stage right like you just couldn't show up and expect the crowd to like no be like you know all into it like he had to come with a certain type of energy and really engage the audience for him to put out that energy and for them to kind of send it back to him on the stage and it's just sort of beautiful circle of you know of energy and that's that's those are the best concerts and yeah i think it took a while for him to realize that i mean like a lot of musicians i think the analogy is kind of like a bar too where you know you're the bartender it is your stage whether it's the home bar or a professional bar and right you're creating a certain level an ambiance you know uh, you know a certain level of enjoyment you know, a certain level of energy for everybody um and that hopefully will come back to you from from your guests. Yeah, I mean, the worst thing you could see is a, a bartender uh, sticking their head down and just mixing the drinks and sliding across the bar. You know, and they might be stressed, they might be too busy, but never too busy to at least look at your customers. I think for me, it's the difference between making drinks and cooking, right? Like absolutely, drinks like I can make drinks and carry on conversation, and you know, and I know what drinks I can get away making for a crowd and still, you know. Mm-hmm. 
cooking though like takes you know total focus for me so like you know it's a real effort for me to like if i have to cook while people are there right to like right. not be surly because i'm so focused on the task at hand and to look up and smile <laughs> and engage you know yeah, where, yeah, yeah. where i have extreme respect for people who you know are so confident yeah and, you know have you know or, or so experienced in the kitchen where they can just you know they don't their hands are moving and they can just keep on a conversation and the food is delicious and you know wonderful and you know they right. can be fully engaged in the conversation and also fully engaged in cooking and for me it's it's like playing an instrument i you know it's like total you know total, total focus or knitting. Yeah, yeah. like like i can't can't see anything else i can't hear anything else I mean, it depends if i'm following a recipe if it's something I've made so many times, I don't need a recipe. Right. That's one thing. But if I'm following a recipe, yeah, forget it. <laughs> <laughs> I think in the new year, trying to be, for me anyway, we're talking about resolutions, trying to be a little bit more of a social cook than a uh, focus cook. Uh, that's why I like to get, that's the secret is that's why I like to get all the cooking done before anybody shows there up. There you go. That way yeah. I can just do it well, that's, and nobody know, sees it. The same with like making punch for a party. You know, the punch is made. You can talk to people all you want. Oh, yeah. And I think that's something you quickly realize making a four, five, six, seven ingredient drink a la menu yeah. you know, uh, yeah. for everybody, you know, uh, isn't really going to work. You could do it sometimes, but you got to be practiced, you know. Sometimes for groups of people, I'll make New York sours, which is, a you know, a whiskey sour with a float of red wine. Right. But I'll have like all my mise en place ready for that. Exactly. And I'll go over the steps before I start. You and I both have large shakers, large stirring, you know, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. vessels so that you can make a bunch of drinks. That's how you prepare this stuff in advance. You know, either you do it with the equipment or you batch the drink. There there are many ways of doing it. The fifties, sixties, I think people forties even before, yeah. you know, the depression, people took the art of hosting parties seriously, you know, like they're all, you know, all those old Esquire books, you know, mm -hmm. all are about hospitality. Yeah, I mean, like, the handbook for hosts. Right. Come I mean, on. it's, you know, yeah. it's a lot, you know, every aspect of, yeah. of being a host is examined. Yeah. Um, not just the food and the drink, but all types of things. Yeah, and, party games, uh, various. You know, yeah. And even, you know, Trader Vic's books. You yeah. Know, there's a lot on, yeah. you know, how to be the, the perfect host. Oh, Trader Vic, one of them, he tells you how to build a huge chimney uh, barbecue out of bricks in, right, for your yeah, backyard, yeah, right. I mean, which is very tempting. Right. I mean, it's amazing. <laughs> So yeah. I mean, it's it's something yeah. that I you yeah. know we've sort of forgotten and have steadily been learning you know yeah. especially over the last twenty years um, intensively. I think that's a good resolution for all of us to to be more hospitable and and practice the art of hospitality and throw more parties. And that's was going to be my final one is I'm going to have more cocktail parties this year. You know, last year I was so shell shocked by everything, but this year I'm going to have some cocktail parties. Yeah. Part of what you were talking about, the divisions in our culture and society yeah. and um, in our country that, you know, we'll do what Americans have always done since the founding of this country. Yeah. We'll mend our fences and our friendships over mm -hmm. big bowls of pints and strong uh, cocktails. Well, you know, we should go to Columbus, uh, Ohio and throw a huge cocktail party <laughs> on the Daily Beast. <laughs> right. I mean, what, what better way? To bring, uh, <laughs> there you go. We'll go from city to city with yeah. a giant cocktail yeah. party. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm sure by come the on end, down and talk to us. The goodwill will hopefully, uh, hopefully, hopefully, will be spread like fine. Well, well, here's to 2018. Here's to 2018. Maybe a good year for you, and to you, and to all of you guys. Cheers. Cheers.
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 